What's good, guys? And welcome to another episode of the X Mont Twenty Twenty Flip Chart. It's Zeno here. After what, one day absent, two day absence? Uh, yeah. Obviously, if you guys haven't seen the Instagram story already, I'm slowing down on the episodes. It's not going to be episodes every single day. There's just going to be episodes at the end of each round. There's not a lot of games now to be played. You got the semi-finals, two of them, and the final. They don't do third place playoffs of the Euros, I don't believe. So, yeah, man. We're at the final straight. And we're left with four teams. And those four teams are Spain, who will play against Italy. And then you got Czech Republic. Psych, Denmark, who will play against England. So, let's go through the quarterfinals and let me give you guys my reaction. Alright, so we're going to go through the first set of games that happened on Friday. And obviously that was Spain, Switzerland, and then after that, Belgium, Italy. Now, Switzerland versus Spain. Spain have... How do I call it? They've moved from probably the most boring side in the tournament, arguably to the most entertaining side in the tournament. And this game only, well, the Croatia game was probably its peak. I don't think Spain will, will reach those levels of um, cataclysmic goal scoring in this tournament, to be honest. I don't think they'll score that many again. That'd be very unlikely, to be honest. But Casini um, 3 isn't nice either. But um, the game against Switzerland was an interesting one because obviously we all knew we all know how Switzerland got there in the first place, shocking the world champions France in the penalty shoot after shocking them in the actual game by scoring two goals to get back into the game in the last like ten minutes, which was a repeat of what Croatia did to Spain in the previous game. Now, Spain came into the game and they dominated. You could see what Switzerland's plan was probably to do what they kind of did to France, set back, catch them with a counter-attack. It worked so effectively, so why not try it again against a team that is on paper a weaker side? So you'd think there'll be, be more success, but obviously that's not how football works. Now, Spain took the lead with an own goal via Jordi Alvashot, came off Denis Zakaria, and you could say they, they, they pretty much deserved it. But then Switzerland got back into the game with Shakiri equalising, and you can't say they didn't deserve it. Switzerland really stepped it up in the second half. And then the referee ruled the game with the red card for Reba Floyla. Um, this it's not a red card. Of course, it was the PL official, official uh, Michael Oliver. I'm sure most of you Premier League fans are familiar with the name and the presence of Michael Oliver and the uh, amount of controversial decisions he has made in the past. So obviously, with that in mind, it's no surprise that he's literally sent off Floyla for doing a standard, slightly over the top tackle. So straight red. <sighs> It's definitely not a straight red card. It's a yellow at, at, at max. He got the ball. Nothing but the ball. And then caught the man in the follow-up. And you know how Spain are like when they get, you know, tickled or a little, you know, little touch on. You get, if you touch a Spain player, they will scream like you've just shot them in their chest. It's, it's just the way they do it in Spain. And they've really bought themselves a um, red card there, to be honest. And it completely changed the tone of the game. Just when Switzerland looked like they were growing into it and starting to cause Spain real problems... That happened and then they have to then revert back to what they were doing on steroids, you know, like a pure rearguard action. The strategy was to get the penalties. And that's what they did. Yansama put off a, a string of top, 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 top saves. In particular, the one for Moreno. And Moreno himself missing opportunities in that match also. Obviously, I don't know if you guys know already, but he's missed more big chances in his tournament than anyone else. 
and he's got no goals to show for it. So it's it's not looking good for him, to be honest. After such a successful season with Villarreal, he's not been able to carry that form over. But um, so so it went to penalties, and it looked good from the beginning. On some when the first penalty, I believe, was saved, but then the next, I think, or hit the post, it didn't go in. That's the point. It looked good, and then so it's the Mister penalty. No, Gavanovic scored the first penalty, and then it went downhill from there. Switzerland didn't score anymore. Spain scored two more. Uh, penalty, I don't even want to talk about my, talk about the penalty shootout as much because it just was lackluster. It was probably the worst penalty shootout of the tournament, and the really, really difficult for Switzerland to take that because literally they were literally at the maximum level required, and literally they. They were so good in their penalty shootout victory over France. You would think that surely all you need to do is repeat it again. But sometimes that's the problem. You shouldn't be trying to repeat it. You should be trying to face the situation based on the opponents you're facing. And that's something that they failed to do. They just fought the same guys that don't take the pens, you know. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Akanji and Shah, who both scored their penalties in the French shootout, missed theirs. And Vargas, who scored his, also missed his too, embarrassingly, way over the bar. So... What happened in the French game did not happen again. Penalty shootout, unfortunately, is more luck than anything. But you know, the people taking the penalties, the penalty takers have the pressure on them because they usually, traditionally, you have to score your penalties. It's the most easiest set piece in the game. So, really and truly, Switzerland will be disappointed because they beat France on penalties, why not Spain? But they just didn't score the penalties. Ines Simon looks a lot more competent in that goal than... Um, I meant to say it, not Loris because I can't lie the penalties that Switzerland took in that shootout were A1 top class but look what can you do sometimes you have it sometimes you don't and probably Switzerland were tired because of the effort they had to put in because they played the 10 men but they just weren't at it in the shootout but yeah on to the um, second quarter final of the day the big boy one this was the biggest one probably on paper out of the four quarter finals and it was Belgium versus Italy let's just get straight into it Italy started on fire they came roaring into the match Belgium didn't know how to act literally they took a 2-0 lead by half time and the two goals were brilliant finishes Barella with a snapshot that came in off the post. And obviously everyone knows about Immobile, Immobile in the build-up to the goal. About how he was literally, you know, on the ground, apparently in pain, looking at the referee for a penalty. And then found out that Barella scored, decided to get up and act like nothing happened. Like he didn't just get chopped down allegedly to him, to his eyes. And carried on like, you know, everything was all gravy, but... That's football now for you, isn't it? Let's look, let's not act like we're surprised by this. It's just <laughs> it's just that he's been caught this time. You know what I'm saying? You know, a player's been caught. But point being, back to the football, Italy played amazingly well in that first half, and they put the pressure on them, right? But then Di Lorenzo, then you know. Gave away a penalty. You could say that it was a bit soft. Doku completely flew like he was, you know, catapulted. But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, it's the game now. You know, anytime you get a little bit of contact, you've got to fall down to make it look convincing to the referee's eyes. If you don't fall down, then sometimes, or most times, you don't get the penalty. So, you know, they had to do, they had to do what you had to do. And Belgium had the way back into the game as Lukaku put the penalty away. And it looked like that maybe Belgium would start to impose themselves, kind of reminiscent of the Denmark game when they were behind it and then they imposed themselves on the game. But it didn't happen. Italy, we have to remember, traditionally are probably the most toughest team to break down defensively in terms, in, you know, in a historical sense, you know. And so it proved Belgium wasn't able to break them down. Obviously, it's quite sad to hear what happened to him, Leonardo Spinazzola, you know, probably probably the best left-back of the tournament up until Shaw's masterclass, <laughs> you know, yesterday. But 
literally, literally, you know, him to him rupturing his Achilles was not ideal. They got to play Emerson now, who, no offense, barely can get games in for Chelsea, which isn't a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing. But he's not. But you know, it's it's not ideal. You know, he he wouldn't be starting if Spinazzola was fit. But you know how it'd be. You need to have backups in your squad, and hopefully, he can step up and do what's required of him. And um. But all in all, it was a defensive masterclass in the second half. They completely nullified Belgium, kind of. They had key chances, you know, Lukaku had two. You know, one that, you know, scraped past his forehead and the other one where Spinazzola was was at the right place at the right time to, you know, block the effort that Lukaku had that was pointing towards the goal. It was going to be a goal, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. And Belgium, number one ranked team in the world, and it looks like that ranking isn't just a fireball of their true quality in major tournaments because they can't seem to get over the hump. And one might say that this might this might have been their final chance. Well, for some players, for Marlon, literally, they could, this is probably their last chance, you know, to win a trophy, you know, in this current, you know, form. There might be a few changes to the squad, to be honest, because the whole back line, 32 plus, you know, I'm surprised if Marlon's still knocking about, you know, it's crazy. And, you know, Lukaku Hazard, the other Hazard, De Bruyne will be back for next year's World Cup. But the reality is, Belgium just can't seem to get it done in these big tournaments. They keep losing the most important of games. And now, you know, after beating Portugal in a really decent performance, they've gone and fallen to Italy, who, to be honest, have probably been one of the best sides of the tournament, if excluding the game against Austria, then they're actually the best side of the tournament. But, you know, you have to count every single game as it comes, especially if it's the latest game that they played before this one. So, hands up to Italy, man. They, you could say that they probably are the favourites to win this, well, up until England's masterclass yesterday, like I said. But we're going to get onto that eventually. Italy will now face Spain. And Italy should go through to the final. But 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 we can't rule out Spain, yeah? Especially with the fact that they've... they've well, I thought that we, we discovered their goal-scoring touch, but it hasn't proved to be the case. They, you know, they're back to score already once. But, um, nah, man, let's just move on to the next quarterfinals that happened yesterday. So we have the first game, which was um, Denmark-Czech Republic, Czech Republic-Denmark, and then Ukraine versus England. Now, Czech Republic versus Denmark... A lot of people were pushing for Denmark to win this game, and they didn't disappoint. They won two one. They took a two 0 lead in the open in the first half, and they were playing really well. The opening, like Czech Republic, didn't come out of the blocks. They were still in the blocks. It was they they, they, they were afraid to come at the shell. In reality, they're the team that had nothing to lose, and they played like they had something to lose. And it's the ultimate mistake, you know. They unfortunately didn't get themselves out of the blocks quick enough, and that's what ultimately cost them this game. And it's a key opportunity you missed. They couldn't replicate the heroes that came before them in the previous tournaments. I call them heroes, but they didn't win the tournament. We get what I mean. And, you know, they did get back into it into the second half. Patrick Schick, obviously, doing what Patrick Schick has been doing this tournament, scoring goals. He took he got one back for them and that tied him with Cristiano Ronaldo in goals of this tournament. And he's right now sharing the golden boot with the man from Portugal. But um, all in all... Denmark deserved it, even though I think that's the most defensive I think I've seen Denmark play this whole tournament in that second half. They were just holding on to their lead. It turned out to be the right thing, you know, because they were still dangerous on the counter, especially when they put on Paulson. But all in all, another solid performance of Denmark, and they continue to emotionally charge this them themselves through the tournament. 
you know it's 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 quite nice to see hopefully they can keep that fearlessness and attitude for the game against what now seems to be England who probably put in the performance of the quarterfinals and putting in the best performance of the tournament full stop with the 4-0 thrashing of Ukraine, who haven't been that bad this tournament, to be honest. Apart from that loss against Austria, which I thought was a bit dodgy, they've been pretty damn good. Shevchenko's men have really got it. They really seem to be doing really well in this tournament and they were kind of growing into it. And it's the first time they've gotten this far, you know. So it's, it's history been made in front of our very eyes. But England, boy... <laughs> England, man. It, it, as the tournament has gotten on, they've seemed to have gotten better. The first game was great. The second game was probably the only low of the whole tournament. Bounce back. Beat Germany. And now they've completely torn apart Ukraine. Like, it's an amazing performance. You know, like, Ukraine might be the... You could say that they're probably the worst team left where the quarterfinals were drawn. But you still have to beat them, and that they still they still managed to do that, and they did it comfortably. After King gave them the lead after four minutes, you know England then tried to get about going back controlling the game and almost lost control of it by the end of the half because you know sometimes you need to go put another goal in the net like Denmark did, and then maybe you can start to relax. Well, no, it didn't matter too much. England started off the first half really well, dominated the whole first half. It was it was actually I could almost see a Southgate masterclass. Started excited, show like even though he wasn't amazing, it clearly made somewhat of a difference. You know, I can't lie, but all in all, it, it's it's an exceptional performance. Everyone was magical. You know, Luke Shaw was amazing. Two assists. Harry Kane back to Harry Kane. Two goals. Raheem Sterling with the assist with a beautiful reverse through ball for Kane to score the first goal. He was amazing. He was really good. Shall I say once again, he was good. But yet he continues to make impact in his games. You know, he might not be the most... Um, to, to many people, the, the, he, he doesn't seem like he's the best performer in the team. But he's, he's the most impactful. He is the most impactful. You know, he's, he's joint top scorer now. And, you know, he, he, he continues to make important plays for his team. Um, Mason Mount came back at the lineup. He was really good. He was right, you know. I would say really good. He was right, you know. Just like Sancho, he was right. He didn't. He didn't make impactful plays too, though. And I feel like his presence in that team, where he was pushing up, putting pressure on the Ukraine players, and he helped drive the team forward in terms of that press. He's really good at that. And he also obviously assisted the goal for um, Henderson, I believe. So yeah, Henderson getting his first goal ever for England. You know, I think he one of the players, one of the players that went the longest about scoring for England. And he finally got his goal. You know, who would have thought? But he did it. Malik Henderson, well done to him. And, you know what, it's just a really great performance all around. The only thing I'd point out is that why did he put on um, Trippier instead of Chilwell? I, I, I don't understand that one. But, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It doesn't matter. When you, when you're going, if it's going your way, you can do whatever you like. And, you know, it, it's worked out like that, man. It, it, it's a beautiful performance and an amazing way to end the quarterfinals if you're an England fan. You know, if you're back in England. Because, boy, oh, boy, this gives, this gives us a lot of confidence into the Denmark gear because you could say that the Buckle Water was in four teams right now in the tournament end. Well of course they are that's why they're here. And England need to be wary and need to need to play like they did in this game. Start off like they did and hope that Denmark don't start off like they did in their game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But England go into the game being the favourites and they should <laughs> do I do I dare say it to reach the first Euros final? Do I dare say it? They should, right? Sure, Denmark was would probably would have been the best team to come up from that part of the draw after the demise of the of the Netherlands. But you know, here we are. This is it.
that's the semi-finals. Italy versus Spain, England versus Denmark. Who will go through? We'll find out at some point next week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. One of those two, two of those, one of those three days. I don't know if the games are going to be played on the same day, but we get, <laughs> I need to do more research and look into that. But thank you all for listening to this episode. Um, and I'll catch you when the semi-finals are done.